<laughs> oh, we go. K9s. Open lines right now on 106.7. The fan, uh, join your boy and Maximilian. As we uh, we've had a lot going on, and we really cannot thank enough the people that have been kind enough to spend a little time with us and drop some knowledge on us. Um, Lou Holder, Andre Jones, Phil Chenier, of course, uh, the legendary Phil Wood. Um, Massenberg is coming up, um, and uh, and Coach McAdams as well. But we want to hear from you. Been a lot going on. I didn't even know it was a game. I'm, I'm so embarrassed that they would have – and you go, well, what do you care about the Vikings stuff for? Because I like the D.C. And I like I think when you work with people who get more done with less, now you got my attention. Now you got my attention. If I got to spend a fortune to give you a team, then that does not impress me. We also had a caller, uh, Flypaper, who dropped in and dropped out with a nickname like Flypaper. And I had a Flypaper when I was like really elementary school. I hadn't heard it in so long. So if Steve comes back, we want to definitely light him up. Oh, he's here? All right. Steve, welcome to the big stage. Hey, Doc, how's it going? Uh, remember me from Clyde's with Charlie? Steve, I have no recall for males. Arthur Murray. Arthur Murray. Oh, Arthur Murray. Okay, name call. Yeah, okay. My man, Flypaper. Dude, it's oh, been yeah. a minute. It's been a minute. It's been a minute, man. Anyway, I've been I've tried to get on this line uh, many times. Um, basically, I've just been listening to everything, and I feel like, you know, that it, – Keeping it in D.C. would be amazing, but I think their plans are pretty awesome as far as the facilities and making a place where players would want to come. Well, players players want to come where they get paid. I mean, that's the new the modern athlete, and I'm not mad at them. Believe me. But I, I want people to be – don't be misled. Just go back and listen to our Super Bowl video. Super Bowl 17. When Theismann got everybody in that huddle, he didn't say, let's win one for the Gipper. For old DC, he said $70,000. And that was it. 70000 per player went to oh the victor. God. So <clears throat> I think it ought to be a million per player. But let's not get it twisted. <laughs> we were playing for money. We had incentive clauses in contracts. They gave you more money if you did, if you played better. Play better, get more money. Now, guys are getting fat, and I ain't mad at them. The bag. Okay, you got the bag, but what do we get? So that's a culture now that requires your coaching has never been, leadership has never been more important. It's never been more important. Not that we were on auto drive. We had great coaches. But we were playing for money. We wanted to make more money. And the only way you could make more money was to be better. Had to have the better team. So we were hungry. Now you got guys that are full. Now you got to motivate a guy that's full. So it takes more than a con artist to pull that off. You got to really be good. 
To get somebody to do something with a full stomach. That's the difference. Appreciate you calling, man. Absolutely. You know, it's it's like any business. Incentive is really the way to go when people are feeling like they get that paycheck no matter what. you, You get what you get. It's harder to motivate. You have to be a better leader in today's climate. All right? But leadership has always been paramount on every level of life. You can't have Bozo the Clown in charge of nothing and not expect things to go bad. You might get lucky and hit a number or two, but come on, man. People fail now because of rotten leadership. You've been sold a bill of goods. We got Mark Buckeye. Oh, Mark dropped. Well, Buckeye, I must. You must. Did you mention the Wolverines? I oh, you, you might have scared him. No, you might have scared him. Yeah, I mean, you right. said anybody that puts Buckeye next to him. Now, I could have been my dog, Mark Cruz, the Buckeye. If you say Wolverine, then the room may empty. I'm just saying. I'm. You know what? I'm just messing. I know that um, we have a lot of Ohio State alums and great corny. Corny Green's here, legend, of course, uh, in the D.C. area, and, of course, Ohio State, one of the greatest ever. I think he went to the Rose Bowl every year he was at Ohio State. We got a lot of champions in our area. You know, the one thing, getting back to the Wizards and that whole situation, I, I just remember the playoff game. I remember Gill's run. Remember getting MJ. I remember how excited I was to be there. I really do. It just there's so many great moments. But I had remember those great moments at the out in Landover as well. And you know the one thing I think we're not that we're failing to that we we're not playing enough up. Maxime is the concerts. Concerts. Those arenas not only housed the basketball and hockey, but they also had collegiate hoops there that were epic. Oh, yeah. And concerts. Just last week, I was uh, went to the Caps game a couple, with a couple of friends and uh, got off, uh, finished up working around here at like 1130, went over down to uh, Chinatown, Gallery Place, spent the whole day out there. It was beautiful. No, man, but the concerts... I mean, some of my greatest feelings about MC, I mean, about the overall arena in Landover. Hey, man, I saw the Rolling Stones in Landover. Wow. Live. Wow. I mean, James Brown. So it's a concert in Los Angeles. The mothership landed. Barry White. I mean, the. I mean, when you look at Marvin Gaye. So to me, this thing about arenas, we talking way too much sports, Slim. Don't forget the entertainment. Don't forget the entertainment. And if it gets good, it's overwhelming. It's entertainment value, and um, it, it does not pale. So when we talk about, I'm sure there's been mischief everywhere. Hell, I remember Los Angeles being a war zone. I mean, every area has has that. 
but I also remember the events that took place there. And it, it was it was great. It was great. I can't believe that I actually knew flypaper. That's amazing. That is uh, that is amazing. I um trying to keep up with a few of these scores. I, I'm, I'm a little weird thinking on a Saturday that NFL Minnesota up over the Bengals. Uh, as coach used to call them the Bengals, seven to three, and we got Southern Maryland now on the line. It is um, always good to get Steve on. Steve, what's going on? Well, people are in and out, sticking and moving, and I can understand that. No doubt about it. Minnesota's defense are talking about Flores. I love the dude, man. Now, he's a little bit like sandpaper, and uh, I like my coaches to be a little bit more like porcupines as well. I'm not looking for my head coach to do stand-up. I've never thought that was a good look. I never thought it was a good look for my coach to be the best friends with people in the media. Never thought that's a good look. Never. I want my guy, like Belichick, that you hate going to the press conference, that he's not dropping any one-liners on you. He's not trying to be Danny Ruye. Danny Ruye is a comedian. He's a pro. That's different. I don't want my coach being the life of the party. Because I don't think there's nothing about funny about being in last place. Never have. Jerome, welcome to Overtime. Jerome, you all right? Yes. Yeah. I, uh, Doc, how you doing, man? I'm good, man. What's up? Well, look, I, first of all, I want to, you know, today, the fa- this is a great day for the fan because we've had three champions, you, Phil Chenier, and Phil Wood. You know, what a day for the, for the DMV. Um, I go back. And and I was thinking about Phil Chenier. Mm-hmm. Then I thought about, uh, and I, I'm much older than you. And I go back to when Earl Monroe played. Oh when yeah, I thought Black about Jesus. Phil Chenier. And yeah. people think Kevin, um, what's his name? Grevy. <clears throat> Not Grevy. Um, I thought about the handles that Earl Monroe had. Oh my God. People think Kyle Irving. Had handles, no. Yeah, Kyrie does have a handle, but so did he Pearl. He has handles, but if you saw Earl Monroe, wheel and deal, you know, you saw something. But I was so happy that, to have you three guys. Phil Wood is good, and he's a champion in my book. He is. You know, so I just wanted to, to, to say that I appreciate the show today for those reasons. Well, thank you, Jerome. I mean, we got to do mm-hmm. some things for those of us that are a little long in the tooth. And um, that kid that calls himself the youngest in charge, well, he thinks the world revolves around him and everybody under 26. And I love young people. Y'all got a hell of a I'm, – I'm really impressed, been impressed with um, a lot that you've done. But the one thing about it is that there's so much you've never seen, even with Google. I think young people are a little cocky because they have these tools like Google. Whereas if you are my age or, or 
the gentleman just called Jerome, it was all about an encyclopedia. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's funny, but it's real. I mean, it, it, it is what it is. Love the times. You be better be, for, be glad that you got a chance to see any of this. That's what it's, uh, what it's truly all about. But I, I, um, and having a young man like Max who's cutting his teeth and getting his thing going, it's, uh, it's good. Uh, brother Cruz, I'm really surprised that the Buckeye dropped out. I am He's, too. Yeah. He, um, hit me on X saying that he hates the alternative uniforms. Which one's the black ones? I guess we, I mean, I, you know, I guess. I mean, they're not terrible. They only look good with a certain kind of helmet, but that's really my only gripe with them. Yeah, I just don't. I mean, if the Steelers, I'll be honest with you, the Steelers came out with their black deal. I I love the Steelers uniform, the black and gold. Mm-hmm. You know, but again, I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to run for office. I don't <laughs> give a damn what you think. To be honest with you, fair. I like Penn State's uniforms. I mean, it's clean. It's crisp. It's classic. It's Penn State. That's right. See, the bottom line to it is that the uniform is a reflection of the men that built the image in it. When I see that white or that blue, and it looks like a practice setup, and and, and what it is is like Notre Dame with no names. I pay attention to all the little things. University of Southern California with John McKay, all black shoes, socks not over your calf. Nobody did it. Now it's a clown show. People wearing gold, Jim, I hate it. <laughs> I mean, there's certain things. It's almost like militaristic a- approach to it, like Army-Navy. Yeah. Believe it or not, love the Army-Navy, and our guy, the rooster, was on hand. And they've changed the uniforms up, and I will say it doesn't bother me. Usually I'm in, I'd be inconsistent. But they have changed their uniforms up a little bit, and I they got me. I like it. It's not bad. Well, usually they but break out. The, usually they'll part. break out something special, like for the Army Navy. Yeah. Game. Like a couple years ago. Yeah, it's kind of cool. I, yeah, absolutely. I remember Navy put like a bunch of different positions, had a bunch of different kinds of battleships and stuff like that. It was yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah, it did. And I and I'm hard to change because I just think that if you attended a if you're an alum and you go back to homecoming, you ought to be able to recognize the team. And if the uniform looks just like yours looked, you are closer to it. I really believe you donate more money if it looks like it did when you wore. Yeah. I think what Mike Loxley did at the University of Maryland was perfect. I I like the state flag. I'm not mad at that. Love that helmet. That helmet, it grew on me. My sons, two of them, wore that helmet. (laughs) But he went back to Terps. And there, and I, and I, I love it. It's clean. It means it matters. Mm-hmm. If Maryland's football program could get a blood and infusion from its basketball mindset and attitude and fan base, they'd win the Big Ten. You'd hope. Well, it's it's possible. It's true. We're in a big. We're in a, such a ripe and fertile area in oh, terms yeah. of recruiting. And it's just a matter of time. I believe it can happen, but it's about the people and the parents. I mean, where else can you be able to stay? You can stay home, 
all the great high school athletes we have here in the DMV. And it's really the only thing that we're kind of collaborative, collaborative effort on agreeing is our youth teams with the DMV. Yeah. We're very, we're very prejudiced and separative when it comes to pro. Listen to how much, how much, what a tug of war this has become. Maryland, Virginia, D.C. We're not going to Virginia. We hate, you know, you, you hear it and it's real. This mm-hmm. is not nothing fake about it. It's been one of the most enjoyable weekends that I've been in radio in close to 30 years. Because people have been honest and they've shared themselves. And they're not just like social media people. You don't have to put that much effort to hit a key. But when you're a season ticket holder, or your parents were, people have invested in basketball and football and hockey. And again, since I've been here since 1980, we almost lost. We didn't have baseball when I got here. That's why I love it so much, my favorite sport. And I think we have a hell of a operation from the baseball operation down. The ownership group, I ain't mad at them. They have a way of investing their money, and they're not lying to you. They told you what they were going to do, and they've done it, and you want a chip despite that. Hold that thought. We're going to take a break, pay a few bills. We are not done. We're just getting wound up. Massenburg, one of the best ever, is going to join us. And Coach Butch McAdams talking ball right here on Overtime. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back to Overtime. Doc Walker on the microphone. Maximilian, behind the glass, man. It's been challenging. It always is. It's called electronic. It's electricity. It doesn't answer to any man. It does what it wants to do when it wants to do it. And you guys have been very, you've been patient. Uh, Tony Massenberg is going to uh, is going to join us in a minute. Uh, I was just thinking about legends, and Glenn Consor popped in my mind. The pride of Boston, you uh, a great shooter. I guess when we was talking about shooting and Greavy, I can never discuss shooting and not mention Glenn Consor. All right, and because uh, I I don't want to hear from it. We used to have access to Glenn. Um, back in the day, he was charitable with his time. And I'll never forget that it, uh, you know, it, it, it meant a lot and it means a lot to be able to talk ball with guys who've done great at every level of it and then interpret it, hit the media and do a fantastic job. Um, it's coach Naki, same kind of guy. Their essence, these guys are gym rats. I mean, they are absolute gym rats. But um, the way they interpret the game, the way they um, they live, and, and it's it's not fake, you know, it's real, it really is. And so, but we'll ask Massenberg about it. One thing would be neat is to have a game. I know a lot of y'all are too young to have played horse, 
But people with that are a little that are older, you know, playing a game of horse, that was uh kind of called normal. Think about that. Glenn Consor, if you're out there in listening land, man, number of love for you. Take a break, we come back, and Mass will join us. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Chopping it up big time here on Overtime. DOC on the microphone. As my old broadcast buddy Andy Poland used to say, manning the air chair. Shout out to AP. I know he's out there balling out as well. We're still out here, man, in the jungle, trying to get it done. Uh, Kelvin Carvana, another one of the canines. It's, uh, and we're everywhere, and it's all good. Speaking of everywhere, one of the biggest guys, and I'm prejudiced. I'm partial to large people because I realize how we get abused in society from the clothing manufacturers all the way down the line. But uh, one man that's got mass and style is Tony Massenberg. And he joins us now. Boy, you were smoking last night. Congratulations on a rare but well-earned victory. Yeah, that was a that was a great game, dog. I thought they played an all-around great team game. You had a lot of guys really stepping up. I thought they played really efficiently. They shot the ball exceptionally well. They made a conservative effort to really get to the get to the basket and, and not settle for long jump shots and, and just working in the mid-range area. And the, for me, the most impressive thing about that win last night was the defensive intensity that I thought they displayed for the entirety of the game. I mean, they've had stretches where they, you know, defended better than, than, than others, but I thought last night was a good example of them playing great team defense for 48 minutes. Well, and I could just, you could, you, you could sense the excitement from the broadcast area because when you cover a team regularly that loses more than it wins. It wears on the people on the on the broadcast teams. There's I mean, no doubt about it. There's yeah. no doubt about it. I mean, it, it's we're trying to, to keep uh, it real. really look at the positives. Yeah, yeah. You, you just try to pull the positives out of a lot of those games. And sometimes, you know, depending on how things went, there are not a lot of positives to really focus on. But in the situation that this team is in, um, it, it's going to be a building process, and I, and I talked about that literally from the from the, you know the, the very beginning. That listen, you know, the goal here is is to get better from game one to game twenty five, from game twenty five to game fifty, you know, and, and you want to be, you know, you want to see significant improvement by the time you get to the end of the season. But you know, for the most part. You know, when you're talking about a young team that's devoid of, you know, quote-unquote superstars, you know, you're going to be looking for incremental improvement, um, you know, as a unit. And you're going to be, you know, as far as looking at those young players, you're going to be looking at them to really start to make that adjustment to being pros and and improving game by game and, and, you know, week by week. You know, um, to be in the NBA is, oh, my God, I can't imagine 
the feeling that would be to make a team, to be a part of it, since there seems to, for some reason, be more hoopsters than any other sport. To me, to probably because you see more playgrounds full of people putting up shots than any other sport that you can see. Obviously, you don't see hockey because they're inside arenas. I get it. But it seems like the most one of the most competitive industries to ever be in. And I look at a guy like Jordan Poole, who's had success, but have also trying to fit in and find what is going to be the role. I saw some clarity because the shot was on. And then Kuz, who is kind of moving into a leadership capacity. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I do see him attempting to be more than just flashy and talented. And then, of course, Gafford, to me, is the duct tape of this entire squad. And those are the guys that I I was happy for, but the future in Koulibaly and seeing this young kid. At 19, would your game have been fit for public consumption? <laughs> in my, at 19 years old, Doc, uh, that's actually when I got my first taste of playing against uh, pros. You know, at the University of Maryland, we used to get the then bullets would come up in the summertime and play with us, and I got to you know play against some of those guys, and and you know the the difference in, in you know college basketball at that time and the professional ranks was you know grown men, you know you're, you're talking about the NBA at a time where the majority of the league was guys who had played you know until they were seniors. And, you know, the league was a lot more physical at that time. You know, I remember the first time I, I locked up with Jeff Rulin. And I know you remember oh, Jeff Rulin. He's a stud. <laughs> Part of the yeah. man. You talking about the yeah. Butt Brothers? Yeah. yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. And um, I had to did the same thing with Rick Mahorn as well. Oh. And so, you know, I wanted to get a taste of these guys because I was a power forward center at Maryland. And, you know, my aspirations, you know, I, I was like, okay, these will be the type of guys I would have to deal with. So right. I lock up with these guys, Doc, and, and I'm saying to myself, like, okay, number one, um, I'm going to have to get back in the weight room. And I was in the weight room at that time. <laughs> I was, you know, I was at 19. I was about, uh, I was about 230, 235 pounds as a 19-year-old. And okay. you know, in college, that's you know, that's good size. I graduated a little over 240 um, right. by the time I left. But I had pretty, you know, good size as a as a forward center in college. But when you talk about the pro game at that time, so when you ask the question, was my game ready? Uh, the answer is no. I, I was not ready as a 19-year-old, and I couldn't imagine being in the NBA um, even now as a 19-year-old, even though the game has changed somewhat. And clearly you got guys that are coming in a lot earlier than they were when I was in college. But uh, I love what Koulibaly is doing, and, and I like the fact that when I look at his athletic skill set, um, he doesn't have any wasted motion in his game. And, and I'm going to explain to you what I mean by that. A lot of times you see guys that are athletic and they have the potential to be great defenders. They have the potential to be great scorers or, or whatever. And – you don't see it on a regular basis because they don't utilize it or they don't apply it in the right way. But when I look at him, he has a seven foot three wingspan, you know, as a six foot eight forward, which is tremendous. Like that, that's, you know, that's kind of rare in itself. And 
he uses every inch. I mean, he uses everything that that he's been gifted with. His athleticism, he's 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 he has great instincts as far as shot blocking, uh, playing the passing lanes. He gets steals. He utilizes his, his quick hands. He he pokes the ball out from point guards, and he's able to guard a number of positions uh, because of that athleticism in his length. And I think he was a he's a great draft pick. The one of the most impressive things I've seen with him is the fact that his jump shot has actually gotten a lot better. He has a three ball, which is yeah, he knocks down threes, which is what a lot of young players struggle with when they first get in the league to uh, to shoot the basketball. And he's gotten better um, offensively, and and we knew from day one that he could be problematic defensively because of uh, you know everything that I just highlighted about his athleticism and and just the overall instincts he has for uh, defending. So he's clearly, you know, on the right track. Jordan Poole, when I look at him, it's been an adjustment for him. Uh, You know, you're talking about a guy coming from a championship situation, playing with Hall of Fame players, and he essentially, you know, was a fourth wheel uh, in all of this, fourth, maybe even fifth wheel on some nights because they've got, you know, they, they've had great players there at, at different times to uh, step up. And so he never really had to feel the pressure of being number one on the scouting report. Well, that changed the day that he signed up with the Washington Wizards. You know, him and Cal Kuzma are the guys at the top of the, the scouting report, Doc. And you know this from, from you know, being a, a basketball player when you were in high school and being a great college player. When you're the guy, you know, it's it's different when when you know it's all about stopping you, and the leadership role is something that he also is trying to embrace because he always had guys like Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and Draymond to to really kind of lead the team, and he just you know had to do what do what was was necessary for him, which was mostly score the basketball. So this has been an adjustment for him. Um, I thought that it would take some time. Because when you come from a championship situation to basically a rebuild and you go from being, you know, a role player to the guy, uh, you know, the main guy, that, you know, is an adjustment in itself. And at this level, you know, when you're at the t- you're at the top of the scout report on the, you know, on the opposition side and everything is schemed to stop you, uh, that's going to require some adjustments, uh, not just, you know, in your game, but in your personality. Yeah. Um, Daniel Gafford, to me, he epitomizes when I talk about guys that are, you got to kill them to beat them. You know, he just, he gives you everything. And when I don't see them defend or get back defensively and leave him stranded, it pisses me off. That didn't happen last night. He had help. They were coming after him. I mean, you know, Kispers knocking down just bullseye things. It just it had a good vibe about it. So all that good being said, what's your stance on where they play the games? And you played on multiple teams, so you've been to arenas. You can give us. Does it matter? And I I know it does. It's gotta matter. Everybody wants new, bigger, better, shinier toys. But what's your gut tell you? Well. It comes down to this. Um, the one thing I know, um, they, going back to my days in Vancouver, I was part of the move from Vancouver to Memphis. 
And the, the one thing that is the same, um, you know, and that was, you know, to the I think the, our first year in Memphis was 2001. Uh-huh. And, you know, here we sit in 2023. And the one thing that's not going to change in the, in the world, in the NBA world and in the world of sports is that this is a business. And, and you know, the business is about maximizing the brand. And when you get to, you know, you get to the place where you have to start make, making business decisions, not everybody is going to agree. And, and sometimes, you know, you have to make tough decisions in that process. This is about, um, you know, this potential move to Virginia is about expansion of the brand and the future of the brand. And the NBA is constantly evolving. And, you know, you've already heard talks of, you know, potential uh, more expansion, you know, potentially coming down the road, potentially a team in Vegas, potentially putting a team back in Seattle. This is all about expanding the league. Um, And, again, you have to think of it as less about a monumental thing, uh, and it's more about an NBA thing. And for the, you know, the fans in D.C. in particular, where the, you know, the, the bulk of the support comes from, I totally understand. You know, people are going to be disappointed if the team uh, ends up in Virginia. But ultimately, um, you know, if the, the real fans are going to support the team regardless of, of where it is. And so with that being said, you know, regardless of my feelings on it, Doc, regardless of, of your feelings or anybody else, mm-hmm. you know, the business of basketball, will dictate what happens moving forward. And the one thing we know about Ted Leonsis is that he's, he's, he's a visionary. Um, he's very good at, you know, predicting what's coming and, and, and what the future holds. And so um, I think over the next couple of years, we'll see this thing play out and, and we'll have a, a sense of, you know, whether or not this is really going to happen because it's not etched in stone, but it most certainly is looking uh, you know, like there will be that, that a move is looming. And, you know, you talk about arenas and, and the, 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 you know, the corporate side of that and, and how important it is to, to have a quote unquote, um, you know, modern updated arena as most of the arenas are now in the NBA, because, you know, a lot of teams are, are playing out of arenas that are less than four to five years old. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, when you consider the fact that capital one, has been there since 1997. I mean, that doesn't sound like a very long time to me and you, Doc, but that's a long time, you know? And, yeah. and so, and, and there are, you know, renovations and, and things that have to be updated, and there's a certain cost that comes with that. And so at some point, you have to start assessing, well, from a business standpoint, you know, what's the best investment? And so uh, only time will tell, you know, how things truly end up. But, you know, the business of professional sports will always take precedence a lot of times over what we think uh, of, you know, what should happen personally. Well, you're part of the broadcast and a part of the family, the monumental family. I'll say this. I love Cole Fieldhouse. Absolutely. You and me both. I love it. But I tell you what, give me the Infinity Center because the seats, I mean, I was sweating. In the cold field, how I mean, but it was just one of them things. And I prefer elevator to steps. Who See, doesn't? so <laughs> exactly. yeah, I want elevator. So all you yeah. know, and if you can warp if you can warp me somewhere and I don't even have to do that, I'll take that too. But I and yeah. I love the history. I love RFK. Love it to death. Would much rather have had an opportunity 
to play in something as big as FedEx. Yeah. We'd have told yeah, FedEx man. up. See, we'd have yeah. told. Oh, but absolutely. You, you know, the, yeah, the fabulous form. I grew up, it was a form. Now yep. crypto. Everything yeah. changes. It changes. And so, hey, yeah, I get that. But look, brother, you're living the dream, man. I um, I need you to get back in the restaurant business as sooner sooner than later. Because, um, <laughs> no, seriously, that, dog. You're going to be the first guy I call, man. You're going to partner up with me this time. Hey, man, I'll tell you what. It was some good moments. We had some great moments, man. And both great of us moments. been in that business. And it really is the most fun. It's the thing. But, you know, you you got to pay your dues. But I can't wait for you to get back. Mass, I know you're in demand, brother. And I appreciate you taking time out. The victory. I'm so excited because you won. And you won against a good team. And you won with the principles of they love the three ball. You took it away. You made them earn it. They're the quickest team, one of the quickest teams in the NBA. And you matched it. You did. They did everything that you know because you've coached as well as played that matters. And I'm glad for Wes because I'm going to tell you what, dog. Sooner or later, it comes down to winning. I don't give a damn about a stadium. I don't care about nothing. Are you winning? And if you win, everything else works itself out. You're absolutely right about that, Doc. There's an old saying, if you build it, they will come. But I'm more yeah. of a believer, regardless of where you're playing or, or the, you know, the type of arena you're playing in or whatever it is, if you're winning, they yeah. will come. If you They'll win, no you. matter what your, what your surroundings are, they, they're going to yeah. be there. They'll find you. Mass, you're a jewel, man. Uh, you know, stay strong. Definitely, definitely, Doc. Thanks for having me, man. All right, good deal, man. Give my best, man, to all the folks over at Monumental doing a great job, man. Chris, all the boys. It's, look, I covered a team that didn't win a lot of games. I'm speaking from experience. There's yeah. nothing harder than to have a team that you're f- working for and working with and they lose because it's yeah. a part of you. You you can't yep. shed it. Your shower don't do anything for you. And so <laughs> you're right I about get that. It. I get yep. it. All right, brother, thank you. That, right, folks, thanks, is Doc. Tony Massenberg. I call him Mass. The boy looks like Zeus. And um, he's, as a matter of fact, that was my nickname for him was, was Zeus. Max, I hope you learned a few things. That's one of the legends of the game right there, Tony Massenberg. Let's take a quick break, Max. We come back, and uh, don't forget, top of the hour, we're not done. We're just getting started. So if you got in late, you know, you can catch us. That's the beauty of the Odyssey app. Always live, always free. All you got to do is get the app. How hard could that be? And we thank the BetQL folks for supplying that guest hotline. Because without you, we don't get them. Back in a moment. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Minnesota Vikings showing you what happens when you have a defensive coordinator that believes in pressure, pressure burst pipes. Not lip service, but actual pressure on the quarterback. Of course, it's not Burrow, but this poor kid had been playing pretty good football. 
and they keep you guessing. They keep you off balance. And Minnesota, once again, not making excuses for losing a quarterback, still competing, not whining like a sissy, but competing. And uh, real talk, Coach Butch McAdams, Coach, I I um I should have known you're a tireless worker. I didn't want I didn't have the guts. Had you, you know, Thursday, I said, man, I can't wear the coach out, man. We had coach on a couple days ago. Coach always say you you know you like Ernie Banks. Let's play too. <laughs> so I said okay. And if you've been listening at all, the passion within the athletic community in the DMV that's what makes me proud. People really care. They have an opinion, and there's history that go that goes through this. And the fact that the team won last night, I mean, I can count on one hand the games I've watched from tip to the buzzer with the Wizards. I could not get enough. Not only was I taping and going, but I couldn't watching post game, watching everything because they. I don't know if you caught it. But that defensive effort against a good team that shoots the three ball consistently, I thought was fantastic. Well, it's the best that I've seen this year. But again, I'm about consistency, okay? So if you can do it one time, then, hey, let's see that type of effort in the game in and game out. Or at least if the results aren't the same, the effort should be the same. Because, look, Doc, there is an age-old saying in basketball, and I don't care whether it's middle school, high school, NCAA, or professional ball. Rebounding, defense, and effort travels. Now, the jump shot may not travel, but those intangibles travel. And I'm saying it to say that if you can do it on one night, there's no reason why you can't do it every night, okay? Now, again, every night the three-point ball is not going to go in on a regular basis. However, every night you can put that effort. And that's what I am looking for this Wizards team because if you don't have talent, you've got to compensate as best possible with effort and intensity. Well, you know, we talked a lot about the move, the potential move to Alexandria from downtown D.C. Mm -hmm. And I'm into that. I get it. I mean, it's never been the same. I mentioned the old stadiums, um, the form, Coalfield Mm -hmm. House. I mean, I guess it's part of aging. They become relics. Everybody moves on. But I really am not concerned about where they play. I'm concerned about how they play. So and I. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm just like all our teams, then that, the Caps have won. But right now they're, they're retooling. They're in the midst of what happens when your superstar, Father Time, catches up. Yeah. Now you got to layer your organization. So – I know it's important, but I don't really care where they play. I care that this new group in monumental sports on the basketball side 
is going to provide a much better product in two years. Do you feel that? Do you? I feel like they're setting this thing up to not only make money and gambling and all that. That goes with the turf. But the product, Koulibaly, man, I'm like, wow. Somebody there on this new staff that Ted is responsible for went after a 19-year-old kid with this expansive wingspan, quick hops, but most importantly, acts like he's been there before. Well, as I said before, he's a good piece. And it's an encouraging sign because the new administration, they conducted the draft this past season. And they and they got it right. But look at the prior drafts. Look at the number ones that they selected. And I ask you and the listeners out there, of all those previous number ones prior to Koulibaly, how many have been productive or worthy of a first-round pick? Yeah, well, I mean, I think we know the answer to that. Right. So, so, so the point here is that, hey – you got it right last draft, get it right this draft, and a couple more drafts, then, now here's what I can't understand, you're in Washington, you're in the nation's capital, why can't this be an attractive place for free agents? Why can't we get a top flight free agent if we're going to pay the money, then hey, this is the nation's capital. And you can't sell Washington? Doc, look, reflect back when you first came to D.C., and as you often speak of that 12th man in football and the 6th man in basketball. <laughs> hey, let me tell you what. Uh, and Mark, Mark Barnes, yes, uh, take a bow. Take a bow, yeah, Mark. No let me tell no you question. something. D.C.? Hey, you you if you would get the product together, the rest of it will take care of itself. Because no because this area is off the chain and as much fun as I've had in this area and especially early on being a much younger person. Woo. And I'm going and I had to go to Landover and didn't care. I've gone to Baltimore, no problem. No I've question. gone to Richmond, not a problem. 757 is off the chain. That's I right. think this area is fantastic, but I also went and covered Mike Vick. And you know what Tech was doing? Winning. Was I was That's in Cole right. Fieldhouse. And you know what Gary had him doing? Winning. I was That's at right. McDonough. And you know what the big fella had him doing? Winning. Winning. See, so the only thing, that narrative that ties me into this is winning. And what That's pisses right. me off is all these people now grabbing bags and we're the laughing stock of damn near three or four leagues. So I need structure, and I'm going, hey, Ted, I ain't mad at you at all. But for God's sakes, keep building the basketball ops to the point that we will get a winner. And then all in promotions, yeah, whatever. Count me in. But if you don't win, then you can't count me in none of it. Doc, I was in town, of course, when in in the late 70s, 
when Wes Unsell, Big E, yeah. Bobby Dandridge, when oh, they man. had a great, great group of individual players that played together as a yeah. team. Sure did. Bobby D? Right. And, and we often talk about how RFK would rock. But, man, the Capitol Center was rocking back then. I, I could hear the PA announcer say, E! Or Spoon! I mean, listen. That's right. And, and, and the Caps, too, don't forget Langway and the boys. No question. Locker, Langway. Yeah. Hey, man, the place was on fire. Right. And, and, and when I hear people talking about, wow, this is a transient town and there's no real loyalty to man, get out of here with that stuff. That That is foolishness. That's that's foolishness. And just like, just real quick, when people say, well, there's so many Cowboy fans here in Washington because of the history of the Washington team, the history of the Cowboys, Doc, one day, if you're like, I'll break that down to you. That is simply not true. But I'm not mad at him. If it was, if you had uh, the owner of the at the time skins, and he and I ain't mad at him. He's a product of his environment. What disappointed me is that the nation's capital was home to a team with exclusion. Right. Well, what I focused yeah. on was that the capital. The of the United States of America had a racist product in its backyard. That's what I focused on. I well, couldn't and, believe and no, it. I was going, wow. And and no question, but the history aspect of it, the Dallas Cowboys didn't come into play until nineteen sixty. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. And and when Washington was a segregated team most of your African-American sportsmen and sports fans, mm-hmm. they were Baltimore Colt fans. My That's father. Right. Lenny Moore. Was a Colt Lenny Moore. Yeah. Uh, Jim Parker. Big yeah, Daddy Lipskin. Yeah, Johnny Sample. You know, we yeah. can go on and on. So they were I Colt fans. I love Sample, boy. That was my first book. I took no it into was Confession of a Dirty Ball Player. Ball player. That, that's right. <laughs> yep, I read that as well. Uh, right, but... Yeah. But uh, and but when Bobby Mitchell came, and then Charlie Taylor came, and others, that changed the whole social dynamic. And being at DC Stadium, which later became RFK, it wasn't a sporting event. It was an extravaganza. It was a happening. It was the place to be. And so, so you know, I'm just saying a lot of these Cowboy fans are Cowboy fans because when you guys were so strong and we here in the city in the area gave you so much love, then you had some people that just wanted to be different, wanted to be opposite. And that's okay. That, that's a great part of sport. But every time I hear because of the history of it, no, that's not true. Because the Cowboys, as I said, they were an expansion team in 1960. And so Bobby Mitchell and and um, Leroy Jackson and, and Nesby and those guys, Ron Hatcher, they were the first four. They came in in the 1962 season. 
No, I, I think the history, and I, I think people, they're just being honest. But I think they will adjust uh, no matter what. They always do. And you know what? You don't have a choice. They're going to build it with or without you. That's right. They're going to do what, what they want to do. What I'm more encouraged about is the product that will be on the floor by the time this happens, whether it happens or not. I just want us to be in contention. If the Pacers can do it, why not us? I know Memphis has gone through some tough things times now with Jaw and, and what is going on, but there have been other teams. If I look at the teardown that took place in Oklahoma City, and they're better than we are now. And if well, you, you well, have one of the best players on the planet and Kevin Durant that don't want nothing to do with you under any circumstances, that to me is my barometer. And if I was oh, trying I, to I, fix something, I'd want to fix it with him. That's it. Right, right. And, and, and I would like to see them, and this goes back to your earlier point with the number one pick last year who's performing well as we speak. But I want to see them get better athletically because this is a league now of athletes. And for so many years, this bullet team, they have been average to mediocre from an athletic perspective. So that's the first thing. Secondly, they've got to get some beef. They've got to get some length and protect the paint. I, I look at the statistics every game, and I look at how many points are scored in the paint. I look at how many offensive rebounds, how many defensive rebounds, and that normally tells the story. I don't have to even look at the score. I can go straight to those stats, look at those, and pretty much predict who won the game. Yeah. Well, that's a good that's a good uh that's a good footnote. And you know what we've also pulled off? The fact that there's an NFL game on television as we speak. That's right. And these issues are so strong and people care so much that it's an afterthought. Vikes up now 17-3. And I love the defensive court. I love Flores. And uh, we haven't mentioned football, and, and rightfully so. But I am looking for the attitude that Flores presents and his demeanor. You know, I don't want another per. I don't want an actor. I need somebody that the media doesn't like. I need somebody. <laughs> that, you know, I, uh, all that. I don't need Cary Grant. You know, oh. I need a jackass. I need like Belichick. You know, mm-hmm. Gibbs didn't. He hated it. I always know the good ones don't like to talk. They like to show you they work. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They don't like to talk. And so the talkers, put them on TV, give them shows. But I don't want no, and I'm just so sick and tired of being in last place that I don't know what to do. Coach, I feel like I've abused you. I'm about to see your stocking stuffer up with even more treats. None but love for you, man. Appreciate you representing the DMV. I'll leave you and the listeners with this. And a tribute to our great, great, great friend, Coach Thompson. Merry Christmas to all and to all, wall to wall. Wall to wall. That's right. Hit it. <laughs> Good deal. Thanks, Coach. That is My Coach Butch, Butch McAdams, Hall of Famer, and talking ball. I respect 
the history and the tradition of the District of Columbia, DMV sports. Um, and I believe that. It's a DMV, if together, powerful. Stay with us. More here on Overtime. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Rocking and rolling here. I asked you and I put it out on X last night. I said, bring it strong to the mic today on overtime. And you guys have been better than that. It's been um, enjoyable. It really is. Tim, Tim McDonough. Yeah, I understand Syracuse. Um, another one of my old bosses, a guy who is a fantastic producer and uh Syracuse guy. Whenever the Hoyas Syracuse get together, we had a long, long history of talking trash, but it's all good. I, um, I, I put it out on X and I asked a question. I go, what, what do we think? the end game is with this, with the Caps and Wizards. And I have a dear friend who um, has to remain remain anonymous. Let's just refer to him as Mr. B.I.G. And Big says this is a Leonce's masterpiece. Don't hate a man for being innovative, being progressive. That's what he's done his whole life. He sees this as a sale that he could see the Wizards being sold and the Capitals being retained in Virginia. I thought it interesting. We're going to get a lot of opinions about this. So it makes it go. In the meantime, let's build a winner. Because I'm convinced if we build the winner, then the script will change. Just like with, with the burgundy and gold and before we depart i'll say to maximilian who's a man who's been on the job now max this was your second week right of being in the driver's seat flying solo i'd say second or third yeah something like that yeah second or third look at you getting cocky now <laughs> going to third yeah and you don't have the big fella in there is heavy metal still in there with you no no he he got got the heck out of dodge uh pretty much right away heavy metal man I don't care if it's morning, noon, or night. He seems he's always there. He's a grinder, man. He I, he shocks me. No, he's a he's a he's a canine. <laughs> this dude is a savage. I mean, you look up there, you see heavy metals there. Morning, noon, night. Love oh yeah. It. Anytime I'm tuning in, he's he's on the mic. He's, he's talking there, to JP. Man. He's Passion. with Grant yeah. and Danny. Well, he's, Finley, yeah. I'm a little surprised at Finley. I thought because JP. I mean, he's in the majors. He's in the bigs. Him, you know, the junks, Grant, Danny, B. Mitch, Finley, uh, you know, Grant, oh, the whole crew. Mm-hmm. But old JP, man, he never forgets his boys, you know, that are driving the yellow bus. Of course. He'll always call in. Or he'll do... And then I thought today, no JP Finley. And then it hit me. He's on the golf course. Chick Hernandez, who was a potential participant today, golf course. Brian Carpenter, golf course. Clarence Goldsboro Jr., golf course. Brian Mitchell, well, it could be golf course. 
could be riding path. He could be, you know what? But B. Mitch is in L.A., so he's doing Hollywood. Ooh. So he's in Hollywood. And you know what? I just answered my question. What a numbskull. JP's in L.A. Got to enjoy the last uh, last few days without Burgundy and Gold football while you can. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. This has been this has been amazing. I've enjoyed every stinking second <laughs> of this. It has been uh, it's been a lot of fun. But the day is just really getting started in a lot of cases um, because it's going to be a big sports day in bowl games. Bruins. Um, or in, they're going to, you know, it's just me. I'm just so, I'm, I'm warped. Without the Rose Bowl, I'm like, uh. <laughs> but it's a bowl game today. And we we played in a bowl game I didn't want to play in. It was the um, Independence Bowl against Alabama back in the Stone Ages. And uh, never go into something that your heart's not into it. Because then you get toe up from the flow up. I mean, no doubt about it. Don't ever, whatever you do, go into it all out, be engaged. Because if not, you get, and it was not a good experience. But trust me on this one, not a good experience. Well, my brother, I know we got to fry a deeper fish, and we're getting close to that moment. Uh, You have any parting shots? Uh, Not particularly for me. We got a great day of football, Hokies basketball coming up against Vermont. it's a great day on the fan. Well, you know it has been that it's been it's been fun here on the fan as we are thirty seconds away from saying so long. But God bless all of you. Appreciate you for being with us. Um, we don't have to agree, but we have to get closer to understanding that we share the earth and all the properties within it, and we're just having fun trying to ball out. But in the end, it's all about people. Once again, God bless. Peace out. DOC.